This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hey everybody. How's everyone doing? This is, uh, this is a lot of people. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Pastor Sears, um, for having me. Uh, let's give it up for him. And thank you, Tosca, for organizing and making sure I got here safely. Um, I like pastors because uh, I used to work at a church, and I know what it's like um, running a church and, um, you know, shepherding people. And it's a tough job, man. So whenever you can, give this man some encouragement. Give the team, whoever they are, give them some encouragement because they're doing a very good thing. But sometimes it can be a difficult thing. Um, anyways, does anyone know who I am? Who doesn't know who I am? Wonderful. I like that. <laughs> I like that. We're the people from Durban. Do I know any of you guys personally? <laughs> there's Remo and then there's a girl there. Who's that? Yes, Robin. Wonderful. There's another guy over there. Are you? Dwayne. Who's that? Martin. Martin van Royen, really? <laughs> nice. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Cool. And then the rest of you, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm not really a, a talker per se. I'm not really a preacher. Um, but I do love God. I do love Jesus. And I feel like it's my responsibility to share what he's done in my life, whether I suck at it or not. <laughs> um, basically, I'll start it off with these few simple things. Yeah, We're going to start it off with a bit of scripture. Okay, Philippians 2, verse 3 to 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Um, in my life, I've had a lot of people who have modeled that and have and who have done that for me. So basically, this whole kind of testimony is going to be about those people and how God put them in my life and how they molded me and made me who I am today. So I'm going to start off with my mom. Um, my mom uh, loved me very much. She used to pray for me every night, just saying things. I don't know. I was obviously very naughty because she prayed every night. And, um, yeah, she, she was a maid. She used to work for a family back in Durban. And, uh, she sacrificed a lot for me to, to go to school. She, she made sure that I went to church, even when I didn't want to go to church as a youngster. She, um, I had a lot of other siblings, um, half siblings, but I think I was her favorite and I was her last child as well. So she put a lot of effort into me, making sure that I had the things that I needed, even though we were poor. She made sure that I had all the toys I needed, all the, all the amenities, all the schooling and all those things. And she, she essentially made sure that there was God in my life. And I always saw it in her, in her life as well. My mother was very, very generous. The people around her would always ask her for things and she would go out of her way to make sure that they would get those things. Also, the family my mom used to work for, they were amazing as well. They kind of adopted me. They took me under their wings. They too made sure that I went to school. Um, they showed me who Christ was. I went to church with them. They were also very generous in the same kind of way. They used to 
give me a lot of things, even though I didn't need them. Um, and they loved me a lot. And they are, they're still around there in New Zealand now, which is cool. Very far away, so I don't get to see them. Um, and then, so that's kind of like how I grew up with those kind of influences in my life. And then I kind of grew up and, you know, you start realizing like, you know, your parents are forcing you to go to Sunday school and you're like, ah, I'm tired of singing. I am a C, I am a CH. You guys not know that song? You never heard that song? I'm pretty old. Sorry. It's an old school song. (laughs) But then eventually you start, you start growing up and you start wondering like, what is this thing that we actually talking about here? Who is this God? Who is Jesus? And I started asking those questions when I was a, a teenager. And um, around that time, as he has described, I started playing guitar when I was 13. And um, I was lucky enough to have a lot of Christian friends. A lot of my friends were um, pastor's kids, uh, which is part of why I was so naughty, because I was hanging out with the pastor's kids. Any pastor's kids here? Not, not me. I'm not a pastor. There we go. Very naughty. I can see that guy. Looks very naughty. But anyways, yeah, so we, but we still had that influence. Obviously, we, we all loved God, but we were kids. And um, my friend's mom actually was like, why don't you kids come play in the, in the worship team? And I was like, I was playing guitar. And I was like, sure, why not? And um, that's how I really fell in love with God. Like I had experiences with God through worship, through through music. I could understand what God was about through the lyrics in the songs. I understood what worship was about through that. And that's how I connected with God for the first time. And it was wonderful. I got baptized soon after that. I was in the worship team, loving life. And then that whole kind of foundation, my parents, my mom set for me, started coming together. And it was it was really great. Um, but that was through other people leading me there. Um, and then after that, um, I turned 18, had to go to work. Things were a bit rough for me. My mom got very, very, very sick, and she passed away eventually. Um, but after that, um, I met another wonderful couple, and they they ran an orphanage. Well, they do now. They run an orphanage in Durban called Hearts at Hope. Anyone heard of Hearts at Hope? No social media presence, obviously. But yeah, they run an orphanage called Hearts at Hope in Durban, which pretty much runs on the same kind of basis that Live does. Does anyone know Live? There we go. Big social media presence from Live. <laughs> but yeah, so they have house mothers and things like that. And they were really awesome. Um, we met and we became really good friends. And then they started taking me back to church, back on the worship team. And um, the amazing thing is they used to drive about... Um, more than half an hour to come pick me up and then take me back to where they live to make sure that I went to church. And they really took care, care of me and they, they really loved me. And then I started going back to church, started going to an awesome church called Link Church. And um, they showed me how exciting God can be. You know, like sometimes I think uh, God's portrayed as a, a guy who's in this box and he's very angry. And like, if you do stuff, he's going to smite you with a thunderbolt kind of vibe. But they showed me how exciting it is and how passionate you can be about God and how passionate he is about us as individuals, no matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been, um, God loves you, you know. And um, they showed me that and I started going to that church and I loved it. Very generous people. They they had a, a saying can't remember what it is, but it was something, something to do with generosity. Just take my word for it. It was amazing. (laughs) 
And um, but they they actually they actually showed they actually lived it out. They um, so I was still working at the bank at the time, and uh, I quit to go and study. And they helped me through that tertiary education so I could go study jazz, which was almost a waste of time because I don't play jazz now, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. I met a lot of cool people. But yeah, they helped me go study jazz. They they just strengthened my relationship with God. And um, yeah, it was awesome. And there was a wonderful couple there by the name of Dylan and um, Tess who who kind of took me under their wing as well. They were like my spiritual mentors, and they guided me through my Christian journey, and they showed me how to love people, how to be passionate about God, and um, they were really, really awesome. And then eventually, through that, they also encouraged me to do music, and they encouraged me to think outside of the box, which led me to where I am now, playing music with songs on the radio, signed to a label, and then they kind of pushed me in that direction. And um, I'm so grateful to them for that. So basically w- what this is all about is how, like he said about that guy who tried to blow up a tent in Zimbabwe. I can't remember his name. So that just stuck out in my head. He was, God uses ordinary people. And that's what I feel like I am. I'm not special at all. I'm not the best musician. I'm not the best singer at all. But I do, I do love God. And I'm in this position. And I'll try my best to lead people to Christ when I can if I can, and however I can, and this is the way I feel that I can. And um, sometimes, you know, I might not get it right, but I think God will use use those moments that I've that He's laid out in front of me, and I'm going to try my best to make sure that always, always happens. We tracking so far? Everyone good? Did I tell enough jokes? Is that? Did you give me a 20 minute countdown? I didn't even notice you there. Let's give it up for the the card girl. Making sure, <laughs> making sure I don't go over time here. Yeah? I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to go over time. No, I'm joking. We're just going to be here for another three hours. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my place. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Basically, so I'll read the scripture quickly. So whatever you eat, whatever you do, sorry. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So I just want to encourage you. You don't have to be a big time musician or actor to impact the people in your lives. Like whether you're at school, who's still in varsity here? That's an awesome place to be. You've got a lot of people to talk to, a lot of people you can influence in your lives and that will listen to you. So you don't have to be a musician or an artist to to connect to the people you're you're around. The people around you are there, will listen to you because they relate to you and um, they're your peers. So don't be shy. Don't think that you're insignificant and that you can't talk to people. Please do talk to people. And in whatever way is comfortable for you, in whatever way you can, talk to people, share the gospel, get it out there, and um, you know what? Let God do the rest. Um, That's all I wanted to say. Thank you. I'm going to play... I'm going to play some songs now so you can see that, um, for those people who didn't know that I am, so you could see <laughs> that I'm a musician, if that's cool. Is that cool with you guys? Cool. I'm just going to get my guitar. Just give me a minute. Hello. Are we all good? All right. Devin, people, you good?
I like Durban people. I like Cape Town people as well. I like Stellenbosch people. Stellenbosch people are good. Um, if you know the words, feel free to sing along. I know Tosca will be putting the words up on the screen. Are you? Wonderful. Let's give it up for the, 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 the team. <laughs> the words team. Also, how wonderful was worship earlier on? Let's give it up for the worship team as well. I will never, ever, ever need to hide As long as I know your light And that you're always by my side And I'll hold on to better days and a raging fire inside of me Our hearts collide in symmetry And I need your love to set me free And I gave you my hand and I gave you my heart And I was unworthy of you from the start You are a lighthouse that shines on the sea You came down from heaven and rescued me When it's dark and cold outside And I will never ever ever Heaven 
my soul, oh my soul is rising up on my mind, oh my soul it is rising to the top, oh my soul, oh my soul, oh my soul is rising up on my mind, oh my soul it is rising to the top, and you, you raise me up, and I'm on top, yeah I'm on fire for you, you, you raise me up, and I won't stop till I'm on fire for you. Thank you, thank you. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do one more song, but I'm going to call the worship team up. Let's get, please come up, worship team. One, two, one, two. Um, does anyone know what the word frazzled means? Well, these guys are frazzled because I didn't tell them they were going to come up and I have no idea what's going to happen now. Um, you guys ready? Yay! Worship team assemble. Cool, I'm gonna teach them a song. Um, do you guys wanna stand? I guess we will probably go into a time of worship after this anyway, so might as well get your legs loose and ready. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna help out the worship team here. Give me a minute. Let me just chat to these guys here. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> We're gonna do a song called uh, "The Greatest Love." All the chords are is G, A minor, C, and G. Sure, I can see you writing it down. Don't be stressed, dude. Those are the only chords. <laughs> Don't worry, man. <laughs> And then you add a little G7th, and then we're going to go into Meridian scale after that, jokes. We're not going to do that. That's the only chords in the song. You guys good? And then, uh, yeah, just with the drum beat. You know that drum beat, what I'm talking about. You know that one? That one. Not that one, but that one. That, that one. Yeah, cool. Just, I guess, follow my lead. And then I'll teach you, you two harmonies for days, okay? I want the sweetest harmonies I've ever heard in my life. Please. <laughs> cool. So I wrote this song after um, I was listening to a preach. To be honest, I can't remember exactly what the preach was about. But I went and I looked back at my notes and I was like, ah, there's a song here. And then I've so... I pretty much stole the song from a preach, so stealing is not good, but in this case it was very good. So I'm going to teach you guys the chorus. It's really, really simple. 
and it's um, it's just a bunch of vowels really, and this is how it goes. And everything within feels right. Nice music, it's all man. It doesn't matter who you are and what you've done or where you've been. Be so much greater than sin. We'll be alright. Between you and me, a love that shines brighter than the sun. It doesn't matter who you are and what you've done or where you've been. He's so much greater than sin. We'll be alright. And everybody said, Nah. Certainty, the sun will rise for you and me, while love and death wrestle for mankind. So let's raise our hands in revelry. The road was dark, but now we see victory is yours as well as mine. Everybody.
Thank you so much, everyone. Let's give it up for the worship team. Good job. Um, thank you so much, everyone. I mean, you may be seated. Just quickly greet somebody next to you and say, na, 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 na. Okay, sure, this is something you can sing in the shower, no, 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 okay, that's not too difficult for all of us, and um, we're going to end of the evening by just reading a, a scripture together of a lady that encountered God, we're going to read it on the screen, so if you can just throw it on there, in Mark chapter 5, are you all ready to hear the word of God? Yes, I mean... So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. And now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years, and had suffered many things from many physicians, she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power or virtue had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And be healed of your affliction. Sure. What a, what a story. There's a massive crowd here tonight. And God is interested in every individual that's sitting here. And uh, like this lady, if you knew her a little bit in Leviticus, in the Old Testament, they would say that if a lady specifically had a flow of blood, you were unclean. So if you would go into a public space, you actually had to shout, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, at least three times. And if you were not shouting, if you didn't shout that, then they actually had the right in Jewish law to either stone you or do just really throw you out of society completely. So this lady had this shame on her by every time she wanted to go into a public space, she had to shout, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. So that everybody knew that you're not allowed to touch her. And you shouldn't touch her. If you would actually touch her, then you had to go and wash yourself and for three days stay out of society. Uh, that's how intensely the law was to sort of 
divide things and keep this lady away from society. So, so here we hear this story and, um, this lady takes a massive risk because she doesn't shout, I'm unclean. And that's why we see late in the story when she actually encounters Jesus and he stops and the crowd stop and everybody's touching Jesus. She greatly feared because she told all the truth. She said, this is actually who I am. I was actually supposed to do that, but I didn't. I took a risk to come to you, Jesus, because I heard about you. I heard about who you are. And maybe tonight you're sitting there and you're thinking like, well, you know, there's a crowd here. Is God really interested in me? Maybe I'm a first year. Maybe you are not struggling with physical things, but maybe it's emotional stuff. Maybe you've been bleeding emotionally for all of your life. Maybe you've been looking out for something, just that joy, that hope in, in life in Christ. And tonight you need to reach out. But you know, this lady didn't just like, hey, wave at Jesus from a distance. She actually went and pressed in. And literally she went on her knees and crawled and she touched the hem of his garment. The hem of his garment, any rabbi had like these little things hanging like this, tassels hanging from the hem of the garment, which represented the word of God. So that's where she touched Jesus. And scripture says the moment when she touched him, what happened is... He realized that somebody touched him in a special way because it was a touch by faith. It was a touch of risk. It was a touch of, Jesus, if you don't come through for me, if you don't do something, then I'm going to die. Jesus, I need you. I am so desperate for you. And this is why this is such a beautiful story because the moment when she reaches out in her desperation to Christ and she goes on her knees and she touches him, Scripture says that power flowed out of Jesus. I like some of the other translations that says virtue, much more than just power, virtue, life, dignity. And we don't know what this lady wearing so much shame on her, just being an outcast of society. Something happened there. And that's why you will actually see the scripture talks here about two healings. The moment when she touched him, she was physically healed. And then she had this encounter of talking to Jesus. And then at the end of the story, Jesus says again, Now, lady, go and be healed of your affliction. The first time she only received the physical healing. But when you're afflicted, it means that you are tormented. You are trapped. You are in a prison. And Jesus said, well, you're not just coming here for a physical touch and a physical healing, but I'm going to heal you from your affliction because you reached out in faith to me. You were desperate and you cried out and I'm not going to reject you ever when you do that. And so he says, go and be healed of your affliction. And the moment when that happens, she's set free. She had, she had much more trouble than just the physical things. Years of just torment, years of affliction. If you're afflicted, it means like you have been tormented. You've, you've gone maybe through sleepless nights. Maybe you've gone through fear of failure or fear of, of rejection and, and you're sort of trapped in a prison and Jesus says, I'm, I'm setting the prisoners free. <laughs> isn't, isn't that such an amazing story when you and I, every time when we reach out to Christ, he gives us not just healing and breakthrough in your life. He actually restores your dignity and he gives you value. Amen. He gives you much more the moment. You, you may come here tonight and say, Lord, I just need a breakthrough. I'm a first year. Do you know what? I just need to make it through my studies this year. Please help me. But the moment when you reach out to Christ, you're going to find much more. You're going to find him. You're not just going to find healing, but you're going to find the healer. You're not just going to find deliverance, but you're going to find the deliverer. 
And that is how you should come. Because some, some of you may have come here tonight and you thought like, whoa, you know, these people lift up their hands. They're like crazy. How can you be so passionate for God? Well, you can only be passionate for God if you've seen who Jesus is. This, that's your only response. God is not interested in religious activities. He's not interested in you being a nice Christian and saying some nice things and having a fish on your bumper sticker. <laughs> oh, honk. I don't know if you've ever driven behind somebody. Honk if you know Jesus. We don't even use the word honk in South Africa. What's honk? Toot. Make a noise. Shout if you're like African, if you're black. Yay! You know, I like, like black people much more. They're much more like not so quiet like some other people. But in any case, so, you know, you make a noise. And the amazing thing is, hey, we don't honk when it comes to Jesus. You surrender. You give everything. And there's a definition for surrender there is to absolutely abandon yourself, to give oneself completely to someone. We call it worship. We call it a place that you can come to such a freedom. Not just because Jesus has given you virtue. Not just because he's healed you. Not just because he's blessed you. But because of who he is. And your greatest response is just to give everything back to him. And that's when we say Jesus is Lord of our lives. You know, there's a lot of people that know Jesus as their Savior. But they don't want to know him as their Lord. I'm going to say that slowly again. There's a lot of people that know Jesus as their Savior, but He's not their Lord. He's not the Lord of their Saturday. He's not the Lord of their Friday nights. He's not the Lord when you're in the res. Because your res can't give you an identity. Only Jesus can. You're first a Christian before you're a dagbreaker. Amen? Come on. But some people worship Things that they're not supposed to worship. Because your identity, your sufficiency can only come from Christ. And this is what this woman discovered. And this is what some of you are going to discover tonight and over the next couple of months as you start to surrender to him. And I love what Josie said. It's not. It's a team sport. Vilio said it as well. You're not going to make it alone. There's other people that must invest in your life. There's other people that will place value on your life, that will celebrate you. And that's why it's so important that you belong to a small group. That's why it's so important that you belong to a community. Because some of you, I, I, I watched you. You ate that ice cream, but you looked very depressed. But now suddenly you're different. Not because of the ice cream, but because of encountering God. I mean, because something happens when we worship together. Something happens when we start to pray for each other. The heaviness lifts. And this is what this lady discovered, and that's the invitation for each one of us. Stop playing games with God. He is either Lord of everything or He's not Lord at all. Many people are serving God because they want a benefit from God. But the Lord, the word Lord means kurios, which is owner. I am His possession. I have given up my rights. And that's why the biggest challenge in your life is not the world, is not the devil, it is you. <laughs> the moment when I said that, everybody was like ducking like this, all over here. And you, and you, and you. Jesus said in Matthew sixteen twenty four, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. 
What is that denying of self, that that ability to try to protect yourself, to secure yourself? And this is what this woman did. She said, I'm denying all the shame. I'm denying everything. And I'm going to reach out to him. And I'm going to put everything on the line. There's going to be no option number two. And that's why Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself. You have to take up your cross and follow me. And I'm going to teach you, he says. Just follow me. Just come. Don't follow yourself. Don't follow your hawker. Don't follow any. They, they, they didn't die for you. I mean, sure, some of the first years said, yes, preach it, pastor, preach it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I saw you looking at that hawker next to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you listen there, you know? <laughs> Even put the recording on. <laughs> oh, I'm going to play it back, you know. But I mean, in this place, there's no hawker, there's no mentor, there's no first year. Everybody's free, I mean. Yeah, look at that now. <laughs> but the freedom we find in Christ, and that's what we're going to end with tonight. Are you willing to take that shame? Are you willing to take that fear, that loneliness, that isolation? Are you willing to take those years of just cycle of being imprisoned and being tormented and afflicted? Are you willing to bring it to Jesus? And he's not just going to heal you. He's going to show you who he is. And in showing you who he is, you'll discover who you are. He'll begin to reveal to you. He'll begin to break that cycle of pornography over your life. He'll begin to break that cycle of lust. That that obesity or that overeating or that indulgence in food. Because you're just running to those things because you haven't discovered who he is. He's got virtue. He's got life. He's got an abundance of it, and that's the invitation. Are you willing to take that risk? Are you willing to come to him and to say to him, God, I'm, I want to make you Lord of my life. And there's some of you that have never done it publicly, and tonight's going to be the first night in your life where you're going to make a stand for Jesus and say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. You know, Peter, and I'm going to end with this, Peter had to discover this when Jesus told him after a whole night of catching nothing, Peter God says to Peter, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, throw the net on the other side. And Peter must probably have said, like, or thought, he didn't say, well, Jesus, you're the carpenter, I'm the fisherman, don't talk to me about fishing, (laughs) you know. This is my trade. I'm good at this. I've tried to catch fish all night, but you know, carpenter, make your furniture, Jesus, and let's stick to our trade. And yet, Peter throws the net again, and they catch this massive heap of fish. Bring it out. And then Peter runs to the shore and he falls down before the before Jesus and he says, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. It's not just in the bad stuff. It's also in the good stuff where Jesus wants to show his lordship in your life. He wants you to be a good engineer, but first a Christian before you're an engineer. Amen? Can all the engineers say that? And so, so Peter runs to him and he falls on his face and he says, Lord, Jesus. And then all Jesus says is, come follow me. And he starts walking. And there's a heap of fish. If I was Peter, I would have probably said, uh, Jesus, just sit around. Uh, um, I'll bring you, uh, uh, you know, uh, ice latte. You sit here. I'm going to sell all the fish and we can fund your ministry. <laughs> and all Jesus does is he just turns around and he starts walking. And Peter's like, fish? Jesus, source of the fish, source of life? Me? What? I need to absolutely abandon 
surrender to him. And that's what God is saying to you tonight. As the band is coming up and as we're standing, I don't want anybody to move. We're going to be five more minutes. And then we're going to fellowship and pray for each other. But there's some people that need to make a decision tonight. And that decision is called repentance. It's 180 degrees, a metanoia. Anybody from metanoia? Now, I, I grew up in church, but I never heard that you must repent because it's not about the sin. It's about the sinner. You are a sinner. So what you can do, and that's what I tried in my life, is I try to take off all the apples of the tree and, and, and just hope that tomorrow I'm going to be an orange tree. But there's a problem with that tree. The tree, in essence, is an apple tree. An apple tree never bears oranges. Hello? Can the Karua people say amen? Namibia people, we know apples and oranges don't grow there, but in any case, so. But the amazing thing is, what we try to do is we try to pluck off all the apples and try to be a good person. And then we say, and even in church, sometimes people say, just be a good person, be a good Christian. But that's not the gospel. To become an orange tree, the nature of the tree must change. And that's why Jesus died. That's what lordship means. Is when you surrender to him, you give your heart to him, not just for the removal of sins, but for the change of nature. It's been called born again. Good people don't go to heaven. Surrendered. People that love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of their heart, all of their mind, with everything, they go to heaven. They're called believers. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.